insurance companies want to make money, right? And I think, you know, the times of, hey, just write business, you know, we'll we'll lose, we'll be at 150% loss ratio. I believe those those times are behind us. So I think that entrepreneurs have to focus on building a strong foundation. Focus on the mechanics, focus on profitability. I'm pleased today to be here with Josh Minsky. He is the founder and CEO of Sureties. Welcome, Josh. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Maybe you can give us a quick overview of what Sureties does to start off. Sure. So Sureties is a very unique product. Um, it, we are bringing much needed change to the auto industry. Um, and what the problems that we're solving is it's mainly for first-time buyers, uh, people that are recent immigrants uh, that walk into your dealership. You know, they want to buy their first car. They have a job. They need mobility. Um, and traditionally, most first-time buyers and immigrants have a thin credit file. Uh, they don't have much credit because they haven't financed anything. And you know, most lenders, uh, before they extend you a loan. They want to make sure what is the probability that you know this individual will pay back this loan. So if you don't have much credit history, it becomes complicated to finance. Um, and that's where you know most people are told, hey, either you know get a cosigner, uh, someone that will guarantee this loan if you can't pay it, or your other option is, of course, you know you can finance this car at a much higher interest rate. What Sureties does, we partner with lenders, um, and we actually tell them, look, you know. We we see the challenge uh, that you want to make more loans, uh, but you know you're concerned about the risk that if the individual defaults. So we go ahead and we sell a surety bond. We insure the lending institution um, that the buyer actually. So the buyer that's buying the car, we underwrite the individual. Um, our underwriting is very very powerful. We don't just look at a credit bureau. We also look at banking transactional data. And we're able to identify, is this a good risk? Once we see that, we go ahead and we bind the policy. Um, and the lender in uh, the lender in turn uh, gives a much better interest rate to the buyer because now sureties uh, will will guarantee that if that loan goes sideways, you know, the um, lender repossesses the asset, they sell it at auction, and we make up their losses. Now, I will tell you know, your viewers, um, think about it as uh, mortgage insurance. It's a very similar concept to that. We're just doing it for the for the auto industry. And so is there something unique about the way you can underwrite that enables you to do this? Are you using different data than maybe a, you know, a typical lender would use to underwrite or you know, what, what, what's the magic here? Primarily, we look at a lot of data sets, but primarily we focus on banking transactional data. And what we do is we partnered with uh, Finicity, Plaid. Uh, they're integrated into about, I think, 12 or 12 to 15,000 institutions. Uh, so once we actually send out that link to the borrower, we're, we're able to capture six to 12 months of banking transactional data. We could identify you know, um, how long they've been on the job, what their spending looks like, and really kind of, um, you know, look under the hood a lot better than traditional FICO score can. So is there a reason for, 
you know, coming up with this whole surety bond model versus just using that data and underwriting methodology directly as a lender and being able to offer lower rates to people that way? Sure. So, you know, this is a question that I get asked a lot. Um, and the short answer is, you know, there's something called the law of large numbers, right? And there's a reason why life insurance um, and, you know, all these other products uh, are very successful because it's the probability and it's, you know, the correct reserving. Uh, so if you know how to reserve and to mitigate certain losses, uh, you can pool the correct allocation. Um, and kind of manage risk better. Additionally, what we do is also, you know, uh, since a surety bond is uh, fully earned, uh, we are able to, you know, sit on those reserves versus a lender that is charging a higher interest rate. You know, that extra, you know, that that extra interest needs to amortize over time. So the big risk is if someone defaults within the first month or two, you might be charging a higher rate, but you haven't captured a lot of the delta, right? For those who maybe aren't as familiar with sort of surety bonds and the mechanics of that, any insight you can shed on that? Most people, when they think surety bond, they're probably thinking about either someone that's a contractor that's doing a job for the state um, and, you know, they have to put up a bond or there's an insurance company that's selling the bond that if the contractor doesn't do what they promise to do, there's a third party, um, you know, that will step in and pay, um, you know, so because of the business that we're doing and we're really acting as a surety bondman, right? We're, we're saying, hey, lender, this first time buyer, you know, um, they are promising that they will pay their auto loan. Um, and if they don't pay, you know, sureties backed by our insurance company, which is Markel, we will go ahead and uh, we will pay that obligation. So it's it's different verbiages, but um, it's also the flexibility you know that we have. That's why we chose to structure it as a surety bond. Why do you think nobody sort of has done this before? Did they not see the parallel, or they just couldn't figure out the mechanics of it, or you know, or are there other people who you found who did try? And it didn't work for whatever reason, and you had some learnings from that that you were able to apply in putting this together. Yeah, you know, so that's not the first time that, that I got asked this question. I would say probably once a month, I probably get this question. And I don't have the exact answer, but I can tell you that, you know, from going through the challenges, um, the, the first thing is it's, you know, there's a lot to figure out. And, you know, when you're building something out that's a you know that's dealing with banks which is lending and you're dealing with insurance companies you're dealing with consumers and dealership there's a lot of workflows that you have to figure out you know that's the first thing um you know so i believe that people have tried and that's where you see there's certain startups that are offering you know lending to immigrants but their interest rates are a lot higher right so they're mitigating again as we spoke earlier they're charging a higher rate to compensate for the risk. Um, I feel that because we're packaging it with insurance, uh, there's a lot more, it's a lot more complex. You know, there's the pricing mechanism, you know, there's there's a lot more. And I think lastly, the barrier is so big that you literally have to build an insurance company, you know, to build something like this. It's It's not like we can rent certain technology or lend certain wisdom, you know, nobody has done this. 
how much of this is based on you know traditional underwriting and how much of it is based on some of this newer data that you indicated you were able to tap into you know so that's a very good question um i think in general when you look at data um you know there's there's a lot of things that we're saying that you know that we're expecting from the data but i think that data is only accurate after you can prove it right so what i mean by that is when you look at banking transactional data, yes, you might actually prove you can see better data, but it's what you use and how you quantify that, right? How do you envision the distribution side working? It's not just enough to you know say, hey, let's explore this because you know, as any founder will tell you, you have to pivot quickly uh, because you know time is usually not on your side. So you have to try everything at the same time, but you know it's what I believe. You know, after about three years, um, you know, into this, it's about you know um, a lot of it depends on your credibility, uh, but you really can't develop that until you've actually you know launched a pilot, worked with a few lenders. Because the other day, someone told me something fascinating, um, and he said that insurance is always profitable the first few months, right? <laughs> because of course you're only you're only collecting the premiums, and you're only as good as what you paid out, right? Uh, so it's very important that your first clients, you know, to again to be conservative, reserve extra, and make sure that you go the extra mile because those clients um, that you know you've settled claims for them, they will be your biggest salespeople. So just in terms of your, you know, your personal approach to this, did did you do the initial work while still doing your day job? Or, you know, at what point did you make the leap to to kind of move over and do this full time? Well, you know, um, so my story is quite interesting. Um, I took the jump uh, and I left a, you know, a rather well-paying job. And three months later, uh, this was March of 2019. I was taking my kids to school. It was an icy morning. I slipped on a thin sheet of ice and I had a trimalleolar ankle fracture. I fractured all three bones in my ankle. Uh, I was on the ground and I remember when I hit the ground, I was like, wow, I left a good paying job. I'm three months into this trying to, you know, trying to get insurance capacity. I'm running out of savings. And what was even more crazy is that my wife was a week overdue and she heard me screaming. She ran outside and she also slipped, you know, thank God that she didn't hurt herself too bad. But I was on bed rest for about four months. So I had it quite challenging. But, you know, um, what I found is that with a lot of faith, a lot of mental strength, you know, being an entrepreneur is not easy. But I think the reward, I think, is that it's kind of a school which teaches you who you really are, right? You know, because you're faced with rejection all the time. You know, I've probably been told by, you know, 200 lawyers and smart people that that this is never going to work because no one ever has tried it. So, Josh, don't be the one that's going to try to do this because it's not going to work. And, you know, been told by a lot of investors, you're never going to sell a policy. And it's just about mental strength. It's It's about, you know, seeing the vision, being faithful to it. And, yes, you have to be all in. Great. Well, Josh, um, this has been really interesting. Is there anything we haven't covered that you'd like to touch on before we wrap up? Uh, no, um, I just want to say thank you. Uh, it's been an honor to be here um, and uh, thank you very much.
Yeah, absolutely. Josh Minsky, uh, founder and CEO of Sureties. Thanks for being on. Thank you so much. Thank you.